Hi, sports fanatics. We are Luca Vitalik. Ryan Walterman. And Ben Schmidt. Let us introduce you to a weekly favorite sports podcast on KCOU 88.1 FM. On Around the Wave, several guests and us provide you the most thorough Mizzou sports coverage. Also, NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL coverage where we debate. Hear me out. He would be the number one guy. I mean, right now they have St. Brown, who had 912 yards, so Samuel would obviously get over 1,000 yards. They just lost Stafford, so they could get another big man back. And, I mean, although they're not good, I think Detroit's almost there. They just need to add a little bit more, and I think what? they can compete. They're almost I think they can there. compete. I think they can compete. They didn't look bad last year, man. I'm telling you. I know they only had three wins. Do you know any Detroit sports fans? Do you know any? I'm on a Detroit radio show on Monday. That, that excludes you from the conversation already. Provide legendary list. At number three, the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't even have to talk about these players that much because I've talked about it multiple times here in the last month because I love John Moran. He is an absolute superstar. One player I haven't really talked about is Dylan Brooks, who is on the way back, um, a really key role player for that team who we had seen across stretches for the Grizzlies be really huge for them. They're 20-11 against teams over 500. And give bold predictions. But from a numbers perspective, we are talking about the only defenseman in history who has ever approached the level of the Boston Bruins legend Bobby Orr and now we got Kale McCarr who is now approaching Paul Coffey and Bobby Orr level. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 o'clock central time on KCOU 88.1 FM. We hope to see you there. And happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome back to Around the Waves on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm your host, Luke Vitalian, alongside me are my co-hosts, Ryan Walterman and Ben Schmidt. Guys, happy September, happy opening day for Mizzou football. How are we doing on this Thursday morning? Yeah, I'm excited to, to get that game going tonight at about 7 o'clock, Missouri and Louisiana Tech, and I think a great opportunity for the Tigers to get out uh, to a strong start, potentially grab a victory and move to 1-0 before a really tough upcoming matchup against Kansas State next Saturday. 
Yeah, I'm excited for the Luther Bowden era, man. I can't wait for that. It's going to be a fun time tonight at Farrell Field. We're going to get to that in just like 30 seconds. But first things first, news on Mizzou sports. Mizzou soccer is preparing for a tough week of their non-conference schedule as the Tigers host the number one team in the country, the North Carolina Tar Heels, today at noon. The Tigers also host big-time rival the Kansas Jayhawks. The Tigers will have their work cut out for them, though, as the Tar Heels not only remain undefeated in the season, they're 4-0, but they have yet to allow a goal. This is the first time in program history that North Carolina is coming to Columbia. And of course, we got the Mizzou 2022 football season. It is finally here. Tigers are kicking off their season tonight against Louisiana Tech at Faro Field at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. It's going to be a big night as this is the first Thursday the uh, Tigers will play at home the first time since 2015 as their season opener. And guys, not only is it going to look different because it's a Thursday for a season opener, but it's the first time, I believe, for full capacity since the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's going to be different. There's going to be a different atmosphere. you got Luther Burden being the... Uh, um, that being that that piece that's enticing fans, even more fans to come out. But uh, let's get going here, Ben. Let's go in with you. Do the Tigers begin the season with a bang or a bud? Um, I Dud, th- excuse me. I, I I think it goes somewhere in between. I think they grab the win, but I don't want to say it's a bang because I don't think they come in and absolutely roll Louisiana Tech. I don't even think they cover the nineteen and a half spread. I think this is a fourteen to seventeen point win. So I get. I guess you can call that a bang if you want, but I'm not necessarily they're going to come in and drop fifty points on them. Uh, although I do think they grab the win. I'm just very interested to see how this offense looks right off the top because I think. Uh, This is going to be a a chance to really try try and be a tune-up. And I'm not saying you want to take Louisiana Tech lightly, but you've got a tough matchup next week in Kansas State, and I think your offense needs to be rolling heading into that road game, 11 a.m. You don't want to be coming into that game sleepwalking like we usually see the Tigers do in those type of road games. So I'm interested to see what they go with through the air, on the ground, how big of a balance is there, because last year it was all on Tyler Beatty's shoulders. By midseason, Connor Bazelik was was... I don't even know how to describe what he was doing back there at quarterback. It, it wasn't good. I mean, the one moment for him basically after the halfway point of the season was the two-point conversion against Florida. Outside of that, he was really uh, inefficient and not really anything that could be counted on back there at quarterback. So uh, last year with the rushing game, this year, how will that switch to potentially more balanced offense? Because you lose Beatty. I think you add in a, a rushing aspect in Brady Cook's game. How long will he start at quarterback throughout the season for the Tigers? Surely we'll play all of tonight unless there's some sort of injury and how big of an impact does Luther Burden make right off the bat it, it's so hard for a freshman wide receiver uh, to, to come in and we see contribute right away I mean I mean um, there's certainly cases of it happening but it's not like he's coming into an offense that is prolific for pumping out receiver after receiver every year I mean it's the Missouri Tigers I mean it's, it's not you, you don't look across the NFL and, and look at the star receivers and be like oh that guy's from Mizzou no I, I think Luther Burden's going to take some time and uh, I'm expecting to be involved in the game plan tonight but I wouldn't be shocked if we sit at the end of the game and he had four catches for 47 yards. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope we're sitting here tomorrow and he's got a triple-digit game, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's somewhere in that at that mid-40s, 50s range. But regardless of all that, I think we see an improved run defense. It's a Louisiana Tech team that's got a new quarterback and is, is coming off a 3-9 and nine season, so I think the Tigers win potentially by, by a touchdown or two, not covering the 19.5 point spread, but it, they're, they're getting off on the right foot 1-0 and what should be 
which should be, I think, a good start to the season. Thursday night football, Labor Day weekend. How much more can you ask for? And then we're all skipping class tomorrow because Drinkwood said so. <laughs> well, I got to attend class tomorrow because I, I got points to accumulate in econ. So we're not going to do that for me. But maybe you could do that, Ben. I don't know. But nevertheless, um, Blake Baker is the third defensive coordinator in three years, which he's going to get tested immediately from first-year coach uh, Sonny Cumbie of the Louisiana Tech offense. Now, granted... These two, th- these two guys were—they've uh, been together before. I mean, uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, and I'm sure he saw some film of last year. So I'm assuming Baker's gonna counter his off offensive attack with the four-two-five defense. So we'll see how that goes. But nevertheless, the Tigers, and this is going to be—I'm gonna say it right now, and I'm sure people have heard this. This is going to determine the direction of the uh, year for the Tigers. This is, I wouldn't say it's a trap game, but it's definitely a game where the Tigers must win this game because you got a trap game against Kansas State the following week. So let's talk about the Tigers, off- the offense. They got to make explosive plays today. That that lacked last year with Connor Bazelak at quarterback. So the Mizzou offense, unlike last year, in my opinion, they have the weapons it needs. Of course, you got the five-star recruit, the freshman, Luther Burden, obviously the most hyped player on this team. I mean, he could live up to expectations. We'll see how that goes. But he's obviously not the only Tiger that's capable of making big plays, right? you got Mookie, uh, Mookie Cooper, who's on the outside. He's coming off an injury impacted last uh, season last year. He's looking to improve himself. you got, of course, you got Towski Dove. Uh, he He's looking to get Oprah. you got Chance Looper. you got Dominic Lovett. you got Barrett Bannister. Both could be forces in the slot for Brady Cook, like Brady Cook. And then, of course, I think this is very important, unlike last season, because we did not see this enough last season. Figure out the third downs, please. I mean, coming out of camp, I remember Drinkwitz. He pointed the concerns for the Tigers. It was third downs on offense. And we already know Louisiana Tech. They're going to be likely running an aggressive scheme on third downs. So getting the system in order is going to be important for the Tigers today. And the Tigers are just going to have to get something going. And especially, even though it's the first game, you got to get some chemistry going. Because as soon as the clock starts, you got to start getting points. Because this is a game the Tigers must win. Yeah, real quick, and then I'll let you go, Ryan. I, I think this is certainly a must win. Like you said, I would. the one thing I would just argue is I think the, the game that will kind of maybe be a telling point for how the season is, go is going to become next week, is going to be next week okay. in Kansas State. And that's just because if it's the same old, same old team, we'll be sitting there at about 1130 and the Tigers will be down 14 nothing because they come out sleepwalking and get punched in the mouth by Kansas State. I think that's going to be a big thing. Certainly, if you get off 0-1 after that night, then you're digging yourself a pretty deep hole to get out of. Mm-hmm. But I think next week, 11 a.m. on the road, that's it's you see it time and time again teams go into an atmosphere like that and a team that they probably should be maybe not that much better than but should beat and get punched in the mouth early so i think that'll be a telling sign but it's it is it is a must win tonight that's for mm-hmm. sure you they really need to start out these three games three now yeah you're i don't ex- think that's gonna happen but nevertheless yeah yeah you yeah, no, you're exactly right and i also think that Another thing that maybe you guys, I know you kind of mentioned a little bit, but like also that time change from a 7 p.m. game to an 11 a.m. next weekend, that's also going to take a toll on the Tigers. Uh, but yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying that what Lucas said, if it's not, if this game's not over at halftime, then there's something wrong with this Missouri team. I don't look I, at I it that way. I didn't say that. No, I'm saying. Okay. And I, I know what you're saying is like this game's kind of like telling what we're supposed to see. Well, yeah. But I've heard a lot of people say that if it's not over at halftime, okay. then they're going to be mad at this team. But I don't. Louisiana Tech, although yeah, they were three and nine 
nine last year. For some reason, Missouri is the type of team that just makes these games close. I know this year I don't think they will make that game close, and I'm very excited excited to see what running back that drink's going to go with, what be Nathaniel Peter, would be Elijah Young. I think those Could two be, are kind uh, of Could be Cody the, Schrader. We Cody don't know. Schrader, exactly. And I don't know if like this is the game to really kind of tell which one that's going to be because I'm not sure if they're going to be more of a running team. I like to think they're going to be more of a passing team this year. Mm-hmm. And obviously Brady Cook, he can cook, and I think he's going to be very good. He's going to be very fun to watch. And, man, I'm, I'm just excited for tonight. Um, but, you know, I don't think they're going to cover the spread. I do think that, like Ben said, they'll probably win by about 14 points. But a 19-point spread, I think that really just kind of is a low blow to L.A. Tech. I know they finished 3-9, and nine, but, like, I don't know if that's just because all the hype with Luther Burden. I don't know how they all do that, but I'm sure this is my prediction. Luther Burden's going to get two touchdowns tonight. That's my prediction. He's going to bring Pharrell Field into a frenzy, and I think it's going to be very exciting. I also think he's going to be the first Tiger to score in the new year. Well, I will say this about Brady Cook, because unlike Connor Bazelak, who's like a statue back there in the pocket, <laughs> Brady Cook is going to have to run, okay? Yeah. You got a lot of young people on the offensive line. So you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to start running, get out of the pocket, bootleg screen passes, whatever you gotta do to get the ball out of your hands and not lose yardage. Obviously, he gets the opportunity of his dreams tonight. As a kid, he watched Mizzou, he watched Chase Daniel. So you get the opportunity of your life tonight. Obviously, he may be nervous. He's gonna have some butterflies in his stomach. He may start off a little slow, so people are gonna have to calm down. But I think he'll start cooking around the second quarter. I feel like he's gonna start very pedestrian-wise in the first quarter. But after that, I think he's gonna start getting going, and the Tigers should be able to take off from there. I'm also very excited just because tonight they're gonna have a flyover and they're going to have people dropping out of parachutes or, I guess, uh, skydiving onto yeah. the field. So that's going to be really cool. I know uh, DR, Desiree Reed, has a lot of stuff planned for tonight's opening day, so it's going to be exciting. And like Ben said, I think they're going with the black and gold theme as well, so that's going to be really exciting to see as well. Yeah, I, the, the, I dig the gold shirt, by the way. I appreciate it. I mean, the, the student section is all gold. They're doing the tiger stripe alternating black and gold. Right. And I, I think the only thing is just do we get do we get a packed house because, I mean, yeah. I, I, I have no doubt that the students are going to show up. It's mm-hmm. just how many of the others show up and, and fill the, the it rest is of the Thursday. stadium. So. It is Thursday. It's, uh, I, I'm hoping, especially I think ahead of Labor Day weekend, hopefully we'll yeah. entice some people to, to come out and not worry too much about tomorrow, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, so to conclude this segment, um, I did want to ask, what do you got for final scores? Ryan, that's all you. Uh, Give me, I, I need an extra second. No, that's fine. <laughs> um uh, 42 for, for the Tigers. I know it's a, that's a big whop. That there. is. It's a big number. 21. I'm going to go 42 to 21. Okay. I know that that's that's pretty big there, but I think that the Tigers can pull that out. Okay. I will go with 35 to 24. I think they put up good offensive numbers. I'm kind of with you. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if it's the end of the first quarter and they only have like three points, but then they kind of turn it on. But I don't think the defense plays incredible. They play all right and let up 24. Okay. I had a very similar prediction. I 35-21. That's mm-hmm. what I have personally. I think the offense will look decent because it is Louisiana Tech uh, defense. Granted, their offense is probably going to play no huddle to test the Tigers' defense at first. So we'll see what happens, but I think the Tigers will at least put up 39. At least they should put up 30. They, sh- they, they should. And I haven't even, I've seen the 19.5 spread. I haven't seen the over-under, but the Tigers yeah, that should, should be 30-plus points. All right. Uh, then as a result of that, let's get going to the 
NFL as the season is starting next week with the Bills and the Rams kicking it off on Thursday Night Football. It is the sophomore campaign for several quarterbacks in the NFL, like former number one overall quarterback pick Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence and Chicago's Justin Fields. Also, other quarterbacks within the league are under pressure to earn another contract or better yet, keep their job next season or the following season, excuse me. So, uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you here. Which second-year quarterback are you expecting the most out of this season? You know, uh, this one may come as some surprise to some people, but I do think that he had an exceptional first rookie season, and that's Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. Obviously, Terod Taylor got injured in Week 2 last year, and he had to take over. And obviously, you know, it's still the Texans are not the best, but he did really good in his rookie season. Obviously, um, he was able to complete 23 of 33 passes in a season finale against the Tennessee Titans, which obviously they go up against a lot. And, you know, that was 69.7%. So in his last game, he really showed why he can um, throw the ball a little bit. And according to Pro Football Focus, Mills had the highest passing rating on deep throws of 20-plus among NFL quarterbacks with a grade of 120. And that put him in, in front of guys like Kyle. Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. Um, although he doesn't really have much help out there, I still think that he's a really good mobile quarterback, and he's, you know, he's obviously young. It was really hard for me not to pick Justin Fields here, but, I mean, Fields is, he's going to, I mean, that uh, that offensive line for him is going to be pretty struggling, so he's going to have to get out of there quick. He's going to have to throw the ball quick, and I'm not saying Justin Fields can't do that, but I also just really think that Mills also expressed that he can play the game pretty well in front of a bunch of Houston Texans fans last year, and they're going to expect him to play a little bit better than they did last year. So I think that he's actually going to be hyped up for this, and um, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do. Uh, they also claim Tyler Johnson off waivers from the Buccaneers, which I think will That's help him out one. as well. Yeah. So uh, I think he'll, he'll be good. I think that'll kind of be, maybe be his go-to guy. I'm not sure if it will or not, but you know he came from the Buccaneers, so he's a good player. But I don't know. I think Mills can run the I think he's a good mobile quarterback. Obviously, the Texans aren't a team to write home about, but I do think that they'll be better this year with Mills, and obviously Mills showed that he can step in in a dangerous role. Like I said, Tyrod Taylor got injured last year, so he had to step in, and I think he did really good. So I'm excited to see what he can do this year around. Before you get going, Ben, I did want to say this. That That is a really different answer, and I will say this about Justin Fields. They did claim Leatherwood they did, from Alex, the Raiders yeah. off the waivers. Honestly, in my opinion, that is a low-risk, high-reward type of situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's the the... I guess the potential is there in Leatherwood That's because it. there's a reason he got drafted so high last year. Probably, well, the Raiders are dumb yeah, in the first place. Been that high. He shouldn't have gone over Christian Darius out of Virginia Tech. But regardless, I mean, it's, it's a, like you said, low-risk, high-reward if mm-hmm. you get him on the right track. Back to the year two quarterbacks, I think in this upcoming season, we see why Trevor Lawrence was talented, or is touted as the next Andrew Luck-level prospect coming out of college, out of Clemson. I mean, when you think about his pre-draft hype and, and the quarterbacks to get that number of that much, uh, like, number one pick before they even played a college game, you think about Peyton, you think about Andrew Luck in 2012, and then for me, the next quarterback who had that much hype around him was Trevor Lawrence because the dude didn't lose a game in high school and didn't lose a game in college to what his second season. 
season when I when he lost, I believe, to Alabama. No, I believe it was to LSU in the championship. So I think Trevor Lawrence, we see that that untapped potential really come to life in this second season. You could see flashes of it last year, but he was in a horrible situation. One of his best receivers, DJ Chark, got hurt early in the season and missed a lot of time. And then you had their whole Urban Meyer thing. Can you even really call him a, a coach there last year? Yeah. I love the Doug Peterson hire. I think that's a great person to work with a young quarterback. And you saw how what he did to elevate Carson Wentz's game. And I know Carson Wentz isn't a really good quarterback now, but at the time, taking Wentz to an MVP candidate in year two, and I'm not saying Lawrence gets that high, but I think Peterson will certainly elevate his game and do much more than Urban Meyer could for him in that offense. The running back duo will give him a safety blanket, both with ETN as a pass catcher and James Robinson to an extent coming back off the torn Achilles injury. I think if those both are healthy, those are two elite weapons. And uh, the receivers are not the best of the best, but it is reliable pass catchers that I think can move the chains and bail him out in a presser situation. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones, they are, are certainly, I think, overpaid, especially Christian Kirk getting that massive contract. What was but, it again? Was uh, it? it was... It, it was eighty million. It was a lot of money. I, I think I'll, it was 80 I'll, million. I'll say that much. It was, <laughs> it was up there with, with the best of the best in terms of money for a receiver. So he got the bag for sure. And I think I think he'll have a nice season, and it will help Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think help Trevor Lawrence out. And in turn, I see him getting the ball out of his hand quicker, and I think he will face less pressure in the pocket and have less turnovers. He had 17 picks last year compared to just the 12 touchdowns. I think that ratio is much, much better. And as Ryan just showed me, $72 million for Christian okay. Kirk. So we better be putting in some production. Yeah. And I, I think Jacksonville with Lawrence can start off on a good note and give Lawrence some confidence going into the season. They play a beatable commander's team led by Carson Wentz, and I think that's a team that they can beat. And then in week two, they get the Colts at home, and the Colts are obviously better than the Jaguars, but the Jaguars have this weird thing where they beat the Colts at home. They beat them last year in the last week of the season, as we all know about by that Colts collapse. And then two years ago, when the Jaguars had just one win, it came against the Colts at home. So, I mean, I would not be too incredibly shocked if the Jaguars find a way to start out 2-0. and Do I think Lawrence will be setting the world on fire at that point? No, but I think a massive, massive improvement. And by mid to late season, we'll be sitting here like, okay, yep, that's why he was the number one pick and predicted to be the number one pick before he even graduated from high school. Okay, so the thing is, I don't call it the Indy Colts collapse. I call it the Carson Wentz collapse because Carson yeah, Wentz, fair. the dude sinks when pressure rises. He falls like a cheap tent when the stakes are high. So let's just say that. But you guys talk about the second-year quarterback. I'm going to do the other one that we wrote is which quarterback are you expecting the most out of this season? Now, if I had to answer the second one, mine was Trey Lance. But uh, the quarterback I'm expecting the most out of this season is no other than Tua Tonga-Vailola. This dude obviously has the injury bug. I don't know what he is. Um, but my thing is the Dolphins are built to win now. You got the Bills, of course. I expect the Patriots to regress this year. And then you got the... Of course, you got the Jets, but the Jets are irrelevant. And you got the Miami Dolphins. They finished 9-8 and eight last season, despite Tua Tungavailola very... He didn't impress me. Think about this. You got Joe Burrow, who we already knew was going to be fine, but Justin Harbour was a couple of picks later. A couple of picks later, and you got Dolphins fans the year before saying tank for Tua. Well, you got Tua, and I haven't seen anything. This is Tua's team. You don't have Ryan Fitzmagic anymore. Your backup is Teddy Bridgewater. This is Tua's team. 
So as a result of that, yes, we saw him connect with Tyreek Hill for a 51 gain on the first play of scrimmage against the Eagles. We saw that in a preseason game. I don't care what you do in preseason. I care about what you do once the season opens against first stringers, not second stringers. So granted, he did play good in the preseason. We'll see what Mike McDaniel has in store for the offense. He, after all, is part of the Kyle Shanahan tree. But when we look at Tua Tonga-Vailola, the dude cannot seem to avoid the injury bug, okay? He's going to continue to progress as a young quarterback. I, we get that. Your national title, Alabama in 2017, we got that. We know you can win. We got that. However, I do not care anymore. You are in the NFL. You are under a ton of pressure. You have Dolphins. You have uh, Greer wanting to trade for Tom Brady. We saw that. They got fined for that. They lost the pick. Then they wanted to go after Deshaun Watson. And when the Browns got so that really tells me they don't trust Tua Tunga-Vailola, which obviously is under a lot of pressure. I think it's been unfair for him through a lot of the process, but it clearly means the dude has a lot to prove. We see that he can throw those slant routes, the curl routes, and the screen passes. But the problem is, can you throw a 30-yard dime to Tyreek Hill against first stringers during the regular season. That is important because a lot of people drafted Tyreek Hill in fantasy. I hesitated to draft Tyreek Hill because who's throwing him the ball? Tua Tungavailola. I do not trust him yet. And he has the most to prove this season because if the Miami Dolphins do not make the playoffs because they have the team, they have the defense, they got the receivers, if they do not make the postseason, I believe Tua Tungavailola will not be in the Dolphins next season. That is how much pressure he is under this season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly a fair point. He's playing in a really tough AFC conference. And it, 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 there's if you look at the entire landscape of the AFC, there, I believe, is, is 10 to 12 different teams that could all make the playoffs in their seven spots. So it, it's certainly not going to be an easy path. I mean, that team, the Dolphins in the NFC, would probably make it pretty easily. But, yeah, two is under a lot of pressure. And he's he's got now weapons, too, with Tyreek and, and Waddle to deliver the ball accuracy. You got Jasicki at the tight end position. I mean, you got weapons. It's not like you got nobody. You got Cedric Wilson, another, uh, I would say, a third-string wide receiver. You got some other tight ends on this team. Okay, but the problem is you got to prove something. You got a decent offensive line. It's not great. And I don't like the running game at all, by the way. I, I don't understand why they signed Raheem Mostert to be their number one running back. The dude is tissue paper. Ever since he got, he stopped playing with the 49ers, because obviously now they got uh, Trey Sermon when he comes back in Elijah Mitchell. But you got Miles Gaskin. I don't trust Miles Gaskin. You got Chase Edmonds. I, I don't know what I'm getting from Chase Edmonds. So, I don't like the running game, so it's really going to be up to Tua to really get this team to go forward. Because if they can go 9-8 and eight with a backup quarterback, why can't Tua go better? That's my question. Yeah, no, and it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, another thing that I wanted to just mention is, you know, you got a lot of these players that went to different teams. Like, you got Devontae Adams on the Raiders. Like, for instance, like, what if Tyreek Hill is getting double coverage? And then you have more defense you coming at you. Well, that's what I was going to say. But Tua's going to have to get the ball out of, out of his po- out of the pocket quick. And I'm not sure if he can do that accurately. So, I mean, it'll be exciting to see what the Dolphins can do. But you make a good point. 9-8 and eight with the backup. Definitely should have a winning season this year. Well, and he should make the playoffs. Well, let me take that back. He, he did pay part of the season, but... He didn't play the whole season, is what I'm trying to say. He didn't score enough points, is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, for sure, like you would think he'd play the whole season, obviously, in case he gets injured. But obviously, I think he'll play the whole season. I think that him and Tyreek are actually going to hook up for a big game, a big gain in the first week. I think that's going to be kind of like a big thing to watch for Dolphins fans. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, going, he's going to be playing with the best quarterback that it's ever thrown the ball. Oh, so, man. You know, I, I, you know <laughs> I, I, I cannot believe that man said that with a straight look on his face saying, yeah, you, he basically said Tua Tunga Vailola is better than Patrick Mahomes. No one believes that. And even if Tua is, I mean, let's just say he's good. I don't think he's ever going to be better than Justin Herbert. But if he's going to be good, he damn sure ain't Patrick Mahomes. To do that, He's the best quarterback in the league. So, yeah, I don't believe that at all. I don't know what he was saying. I mean, trying to impress people? I don't know. But nevertheless... Uh, we're going to head to commercial break. Coming up next, the NFL division leaders. Find out our picks next on KCOU 88.1 FM. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, Designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, then surely you'll check nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Around the Waves on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, the student voice of your Missouri Tigers. I'm your host, Luca Vitale, alongside me, Ryan Walterman and Ben Schmidt. Let's get going here for the NFL Division Preview. The NFL season is underway next week before the season even begins. Things appear to be pretty clear. Certain teams are considered the favorites for a reason. They have the best quarterback. They have overall roster depth, easiest path based on competition, nevertheless. But once the campaign starts, everything changes. Injuries occur. Individuals outperform expectations, or they're going to disappoint. So, Ben, we're going to, everyone, we're going to start doing a NFL division preview. So, let's get going here. We're going to start with the AFC. We're going to start with the AFC East. So, Ben, who do you got for the division winner there? Yeah, this one's an absolute lock. I don't think there's any sort of debate right here, so I won't take too long. It's the Buffalo Bills. Right now, they are my best team in the league. They seem to have Super Bowl or bust expectations. They were great last year, almost made it to the AFC Championship, and got better. Tredavious White back from injury. You added Von Miller on that defense. Blah, blah, blah. This team should run away with the AFC East, and I, I think that they... Uh, outside, maybe I think they could drop a game to New England. They should go 5-1 and one against this division because they dominate Tua and the Dolphins along with Zach Wilson and the Jets. So it, it's the Bills, and it's not even close in the AFC. They'll take this one running away and should be in contention for the number one seed in that bye. Yep, I have the Buffalo Bills as well. I don't think this is a very tough decision. Um, I mean, granted, they got some defensive players hurt to begin the season, but 
they got the best quarterback in the entire division by far, and that's Josh Allen. I believe he's going to be in the running for the MVP like he was last season. Um, he played like an MVP last season. That's not his fault that they lost against the Kansas City Chiefs. The defense, they had one thing to do, and that was to stop Patrick Mahomes to send it to overtime. But I will say this. The Dolphins and somehow the Jets, they look improved on paper. On paper, though, we're not talking about on the field. We're talking about on paper. But the Bills arguably have the best roster in this division. And they have the best quarterback. They have the league's top-ranked defense. If you rank them in now fantasy, congratulations. You're going to have a great defense. Um, but I will say this. They got great wide receivers. You got Stephon Diggs. You got Gabriel Davis, who was undeniably phenomenal last year but my biggest concern for the Buffalo Bills like it was last season is their running game yes they are a pass first offense they're gonna have a new offensive coordinator because Dable got a job with the uh, New York Giants as the head coach but my question is Devin Singletary is he really an RB1 I don't think so I'm not convinced I mean, you you can go get Tyler Beatty. You can go get Larry Roundtree. I mean, give somebody an opportunity because I'm sorry. Devin Singletary has completely underwhelmed me since he's been the RB1 for the Buffalo Bills. But nevertheless, I have the Buffalo Bills winning this division. You don't know who the RB1 is for the Bills? Come on, man. It's Josh Allen. He can do it all. He's a running back and he's the quarterback. We're talking about an actual running back. No, I know. They did draft uh, James Cook out of Georgia. So yeah, they will, did. That's he true. Play, he He'll be there. Yeah. As much as I want to hype up Tua and his boys in uh, Miami... This is the running of the Bills. It's pretty obvious. I think the Bills really are made to be a Super Bowl or bust team this year. That's how good they're going to be. Uh, obviously, Josh Allen's still going to be a little uh, sad from his last playoff debut where he didn't get the ball back. This year, he will get the ball back That's if it comes to that. It was not his fault. But that team is that good. They're going to obviously be, uh, have packed fans. That house is going to be packed every time they go there. Buffalo is just a great team. And obviously, I mean, what, one game away, obviously, from the Super Bowl last year. It came up short against the Chiefs. Um, but I think this is going to be, be a big one for for him. Um, I think that this season is going to be really nice. It's going to be really good to see what Josh Allen can do. Um, also, uh, someone you guys didn't mention, Von Miller. He goes to Buffalo, and that's going to be huge. Oh, yeah, they did. They also got uh, O.J. Howard at the got, tight end yep. position. So, so that's he's, good. he's in Cincinnati now. They cut him yesterday. Oh, my o- bad. O.J. Howard, he did not have a very good camp. But, yeah, they still have Dawson Knox. Yeah, Dawson, oh, that's Knox. Dawson yes. Knox. That's did right. they uh, ever find someone? I know Cole Beasley. They, I guess they released him or something. No, he was a free agent. He was a free agent. Free okay. Agent. Did they find someone to replace his spot? I, I don't think so. No, they never was, replaced he, Emmanuel Sanders either. He was on a rant on Twitter the other day. He is still. He is still without a contract. So. <laughs> of course he was. I, uh, I. I mean, I got Gabriel Davis uh, and Isaiah McKenzie. That's who I'm. Uh, McKenzie that's what I'm is right the other now. one. Yeah. But yeah, obviously this one's pretty obvious. I think we all have a Bills winning this one. Okay, so the AFC North. This one's a little complicated because I expect a healthy Lamar Jackson this year. I expect a healthy J.K. Dobbins by week two for my fantasy team. But nevertheless, I am taking the same champions as last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Why? Well, because I think Joe Burrow is better than Lamar Jackson. That's right. I just said it. He is better than Lamar Jackson. I have always had questions about Lamar Jackson in the whole contract situation that he was going to get more money than Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry, but Lamar Jackson is great of a talent he is, box office appeal as he is, how elusive he is, he is not better than Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson. I don't even know if the dude can really throw the football accurately. You have Mark Andrews, but... 
and you uh, Rashad Bateman. But outside of those two, they don't really have any wide receivers there. They got run, they're a run first team. I get that. But if you're a quarterback and you can't throw the football accurately to your receivers, how good of a quarterback are you really? So that's my question. But Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in that division. Easily, in my opinion. You still got a great running game with Joe Mixon, so I like that. In my opinion, they got two, I I wouldn't say top 10 receivers, but they got two great receivers. One is a top 10. Jamar Chase is the one. He's going to be have another great sophomore campaign. Phenomenal last season. He's got to adjust his game, though, because teams have film on him now. They got C. Higgins, who I think is going to be good. We'll see if Tyler Boyd has any reps this year. We'll see what happens with that. But Hayden Hurst, I like that tight end addition. I think that's going to help them with the tight end position because, I'm sorry, Drew Sample is not going to cut it for you. Um, their offensive line, it, it got a little bit better. They added Lil Collins from the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. So I think that should do a little bit better for Joe Burrow so he's not running for his life and get hurt. But their defense, I still like their defense. They're able to uh, keep a lot of their championship, uh, I wouldn't say not championship, but Super Bowl run last year defense. Um, I forgot if they <laughs> signed Eli Apple <laughs> or not, thank God. They still got Von Bell, though. They got Sam Hubbard. Uh, DJ Reader was really good. And uh, Trey Hendrickson, I really like that dude a lot. And, of course, Evan McPherson. You got to love Evan McPherson. You got you to gotta fear that dude. So every time he's on the field, he's probably going to make that field goal. But I'm having the Cincinnati Bengals repeat as champions. I don't think they're going to regress like the Browns did because Joe Burrow is that dude. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to just point out one thing about every team. With the Ravens, I hear a lot of people saying Lamar's back. That's fine. Lamar can be back. That's the real fine. question is, is J.K. Dobbins going to be back like you said? Hopefully he really is. Mad. <laughs> Hopefully he is. I don't have much to say about the Ravens besides I think it's just going to have to be a Lamar show. Lamar's going to take that team as far as you can take him. With the Bengals, Joe Burrow is that dog. I think he's got that dog in him, and I do think the Bengals are going to win this division again as well. Like you said, you went over everything. I, I love Joe Mixon. I love Tyler Boyd. I love... Uh, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. Chase, I love Jamal Chase. He is going to find ways to be, get open this year. He's obviously still going to be the number one guy. I think Boyd's going to have a really big season behind Higgins. Um, with the Browns, I can't really help you much. It kind of just depends on where they're at after when Deshaun can play. I've, I'm not they really too happy with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I'm not really too excited about that. They do have a really good running game, though. That's about what they have still. So if that's still good, I think they might be decent. But obviously, I, I think they still finished third in this division. And then the Steelers, don't even get me started on the Steelers. Oh, whoa! I do think they're going to finish last. The no, I, I said th- well, yes. No, I do think the Steelers going to finish last. You have Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. I don't know. I can't help you wow. much. Wow! But then again, I did want to point out to you guys, fan favorite. Uh, they did uh, NFL did fan favorite division winners. The Steelers won this division by the fan favorite. I don't know. I just don't see the Browns the coming in last. I don't see the Browns coming in last. That running game is just mm, too good. Nah. I think the running game will be able to hold them, but they could come in last because it really just depends on where they're at before Deshaun can get there. If they're doing really bad, Deshaun can't take them that much farther. So maybe maybe they'll finish last, but to me, I don't see them finishing last. I got Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. Okay. What I got. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say the Steelers win this division, but I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting December and they're hovering right around 500 because it is, it's a it's, it's it. a it's a coach that always finishes over 500. It's a defense that is playoff level for sure. I mean, there's pieces all over that, we'll find that and there's out. there's weapons on offense. It's just going to be what you get out of the quarterback play and how terrible is that offensive line. But regardless, we don't need to talk about the Steelers because they're not my division winner. I'll make it three for three with the Bengals. Although I think this comes down to the last game of the season. The Bengals and Ravens play Ooh. each other in 
week 18. And it would not shock me if that is our flexed Sunday night football to close out the season, game 256, because I think Lamar is a fantastic season. I think Lamar is better than Kyler, and I don't think it's close. And uh, Lamar, I think if he stays healthy for a full 17 games, is an MVP candidate. Uh, I think this guy returns to the, the status that he had a couple years ago in 2019 and, and leads Baltimore to, a at, at the very worst, a playoff seed in a wild card spot. But regardless, let's talk about the Bengals. You you hit on most of it. Signing Jesse Bates back was huge because at all I don't think he's their long-term safety because he wants a lot of money, and I think they're confident in Dax Hill to take his spot. It's certainly a good player to have right now rather than thrusting a rookie into the starting lineup on the back end of your defense. So I think there's certainly pieces there. The run game is going to be is going to be dominant with Joe Mixon, one of the best running backs in the league. And finally, last year he was able to stay on the field for pretty much all of the season. And then you with the receiving game, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, I think both go over 1,200 receiving yards, especially when they're on the field together. If you play man to man with those guys, they're going to beat you because they're just dominant receivers. And if you're going to double one, then the other is going to have to face, is going to get one on one coverage and is going to eat them alive. And if you put all your attention on both of them, then Tyler Boyd's probably going to be running wide open because he's, people forget two years ago, Tyler Boyd was their number one wide receiver before T. Higgins and Jamar Chase came along. That's true. And there's a lot of teams that Tyler Boyd is probably, I mean, in Jacksonville, is Tyler Boyd the number one receiver? Probably. There's other teams like that. I think there's examples of it. So, I mean, there's weapons everywhere. And I, I think... The mindset of Burrow is too good to let them regress and have the Super Bowl appearance hangover, and I don't know if, if that necessarily makes sense, but I think there's he's he's not one that's going to let them just coast like that, and I'm not necessarily as high as everyone who's already putting Joe Burrow as like a top three quarterback after that run, but I am high on Burrow, and I think that they're just good enough to squeak out a division crown in this AFC North, although it will be a much harder schedule because they're going to have to play one everyone in that division. That'll be six very tough games, but they're going to also have to play the Chiefs, they'll have to play the Bills and the Titans, and I think a couple of those games are on the road. So it won't be an easy repeat path, and uh, with the Ravens I will say one thing that worries me a little bit I think for the first couple weeks they're going to be relying on like Mike Davis as their starting running back because Gus Edwards is on the pup list so he's out the first four games, and J.K. Dobbins don't want to look a ton into it, but there was a noticeable limp in practice drills yesterday, so I don't know how confident I am in Dobbins heading into the season. So you that's, know, the injuries are already starting for Baltimore. You know, I could have drafted Leonard Fournette. Oh, yeah, that was a. I can't believe you didn't do that. That was a massive because swing. Because Dobbins was supposed to be back, and there are run first offense. That's how you're going to get points. Tom yeah, but, Brady's passing the ball. But he's passing the ball to Leonard Fournette. Yeah, not as much as uh, Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, let's go to the AFC South. This shouldn't be a tough question. Yeah, no, I I think it's the Colts or Titans, obviously. Not, 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 or I think it's the Titans. I honestly do. I know a lot of people are gonna pick the Colts here. I think Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill are gonna have a good season. I know the Colts are gonna be good. They got Matt Ryan. Come on, I, I know who they have, but I think Titans are gonna win. I don't want to pick the obvious answer here. I, I know that you guys are more than likely gonna pick the Colts. I'm gonna go with the Titans, and I don't think that's that um, that's that off of a bad prediction. That is a bad prediction. Both of them are gonna be one and two, and it just depends on which one it's gonna be because I don't see the Jaguars or the Texans doing anything here but the question i had for you i guess the jaguars gonna be over 500 this year no i don't think so either they'll be but more competitive they'll but. be yes. more competitive i just, i think it's derrick henry's the, the derrick henry's better show, than man. texans i do think that the titans are, are gonna win the division okay yeah. you're wrong that's how's fine. that sound that's fine you're wrong <laughs> i haven't heard that before okay carson wentz is not on the indianapolis Colts, so they're not going to choke this year that's number one number two 
Who like, are the, like who, Matt Ryan's never choked a game before? I think that, he's had a, I think he, he's had a game new, or two. New atmosphere. Yes, I The I, new I, atmosphere, that counts. And the dude was still a top 10, not top 10, top 20 quarterback in the NFL. He was just on a bad team. Mr. Walterman, who is the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans? Okay, it's Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Okay, who's the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts? Matt Ryan. Okay, so Ryan Tannehill, did he do something last year that said, yes, that is the guy that could lead us to the playoffs? No, but their exactly. running back still is a that god. Doesn't, that, that doesn't matter. They don't have a good defense. Does the defense show anything that's top 20 at least? No. The Colts do. They're a top 20 defense. I wouldn't draft draft them in fantasy because they lost Matt Eberflus uh, to the Bears. Uh, I like that. (laughs) But... That's a, Obviously, they're going to struggle a little bit, but they damn sure ain't the Titans' defense, who I think stink. So, yes, you got Derrick Henry, the best running back in the league. That's true. You got Robert Woods from the Rams. I like that. They drafted Traylon Burks from Arkansas. That was a really good pick on their part. Uh, they're t- Austin Hooper for the tight end. So, that's not a bad foundation. I will say it's not a bad foundation. But they, do, they did lose A.J. Brown to the Eagles. That's a big loss right there. So I do not trust Ryan Tannehill because, as we saw throughout the season progressed last year, Ryan Tannehill regressed. He got worse. And because Ryan Tannehill's not that good, and Matt Ryan, despite being he's like 35, 36, something like that. You can double-check my math for me. But it, it, right, Matt Ryan is going to win this division. I think the Titans will finish maybe two games above 500, in my opinion. I don't think they're that good of a team. But the Indianapolis Colts acquired Matt Ryan because they're, I wouldn't say a win-now team because, well, let's just say their offense does not scare me either. They got Jonathan Taylor, which you can challenge, by the way, who's the best running back in the league, whether that's Jonathan Taylor or uh, Derrick Henry. But Jonathan Taylor is their dude. I mean, Marlon Mack ain't there anymore for a reason. Uh, you got My- Michael Pitt- uh, Pittman Jr., who I think's a good option. But outside of those dudes... I- I ain't scared of the Indianapolis Colts offense. So that's a problem. They don't have T.Y. Hilton anymore. So this is a problem. He's still out there, by the way, if you guys didn't know that. So they do have a top 20 defense. They still have Cole Beasley out there, too, don't they? Cole Beasley's still out there. Emmanuel Sanders is still out there. So some death pieces if they wish to pick them up. But they do have a better defense than the Titans. They have a better quarterback than the Titans. I wouldn't say the the offense, receiver-wise, I think it's pretty close because I don't know what Traylon Burks is going to be yet on the NFL level. But I'm sorry. The Indi- the Indianapolis Colts have absolutely no excuse as to why to lose in this division. None. Yeah, I mean, it's. I would agree on that factor. I don't think the Titans pick is as crazy as Ryan made it sound. Luca, did you know that the Tennessee Titans allowed the six fewest points per game last year? The sixth fewest. The sixth fewest yes. with that defense. Led by a defensive coach and Mike Vrabel. I mean, it's a it's a good defense. I don't know Do where you see this defense. The, the stats speak for themselves. I, I mean, don't know where I, you're I pulling didn't this say narrative. That. I'm, that just, I'm shocked because yeah. they aren't that good. Well, I mean, the the stats say that that, that proves otherwise. The Steelers' and defense wasn't good last year. The Steelers' defense was good last year. I the thought they were 21st. I I don't have the exact defensive rankings off look. the top keep of my head. Going. So, but regardless, in that the the Tennessee Titans last year, people forget Derrick Henry missed almost the entire season, especially after Week Six or Seven when he got hurt. AJ Brown missed four games. Julio Jones missed near ten games, and yet they still won thirteen and they were the number one seed in the AFC. Now was their playoff success? No, absolutely zero. Tannehill sucked in that playoff game, mm-hmm. but they had to get to that point, and it's it's. 
you, you lose A.J. Brown, but uh, Robert Woods is incredibly underrated and will certainly do decent things for that offense. I don't see Traylon Burks being an incredible receiver right out of the gate, but it's not like he's throwing a scrubs. And last year he was throwing a scrubs for a decent part of the season, and they made it work enough to get into a playoff berth, win the division. All that being said, I don't think they win the division. It, it's the Colts for sure, and a Colts team led by Matt Ryan, a quarterback, should be much more steady. There's not going to be any of the backhand garbage that Carson Wentz had last Ugh. year that lost them a game against the Titans, that the Titans won on the road. And they lost to the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, it's that Matt Ryan, I, I like him better to not do something in that situation. But it, it, it's the Colts defense. Like, there's no excuse for the Colts not to win it. They're now a better team than the, the Tennessee Titans are. Adding Stephon Gilmore, I think, goes underrated. Gilmore is not the mm. Same corner yeah. that he was in 2019 when he won Defensive Player of the Year with the Patriots. But you look at him, and then you look at Kenny Moore. That's who the other cornerback is for Indianapolis. I mean, that's that's two good cover guys. I believe Kenny Moore only played the slot. But regardless, it's a team that should be playing from ahead, and they got a good formula because they can run the football and run the clock down. So, I mean, it's 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 Indy's division to lose. You know, I will say this. I'm the one, first of all, the uh, Pittsburgh defense did stink last year. They were uh, 22nd overall, so they okay. did stink. Um, 22nd overall in To be fair, though, they were on the field the entire game. Yeah. So, they, they, I mean, those are a little skewed stats. But nevertheless, um, I'm shocked you did not mention Shaquille Leonard, who is yeah. a yeah. great linebacker. I don't know why uh, Roquan Smith thinks he's better than him. He is a good linebacker, but he does not have as many takeaways as Shaquille Leonard. So there's a, th- th- it's different. I- I'm not saying Roquan Smith doesn't deserve his money. He does deserve his money. But we'll see what happens as the season progressive, uh, progresses. Excuse me. All right. Now, the hardest division, in my opinion, which I think most people would agree with, is yeah. the AFC West, which all teams throughout the offseason made pretty big acquisitions. I mean, you go through the list, and it's almost insane. So, Ryan, we'll start with you here. I, we kind of did this question last year, but or last week, excuse me. Who is winning the AFC West? Yeah, you're exactly right. We did this on the last week's show. All right, um, then make it quick. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think that Derek Carr is actually very underrated. He's got Devontae Adams. He's got Darren Waller. He's got Josh Jacobs. He's got, they got a good team. I know that a lot of people are going to pick the Chiefs in this in this division, but obviously we should, we saw last year that they really digressed very beginning in the season. They cannot do that this year. Correct. And I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying that the Raiders, I would have actually, a fun fact, they were the only team to beat the Chiefs last year in division, mm. so that was pretty cool to see. But mm. I think the Raiders, adding that Devontae, I think that just might get them over the hump to win the division. It's going to be close, but I do think that the Raiders have enough talent to win the division. It just depends on will they win the division. I do think they can. Okay, so that's not an asinine take because I think anyone can win this division. They're going to beat each other up for that division crown. I mean, it's possible that everyone makes the playoffs in this division. Very possible, but we'll see. Um, I think the Chargers are winning this division. I think they're finally going to end their drought. Um, Like you said, the Chiefs cannot start the season the way they did last season. That's not going to fly in this division this year. The Chargers, in my opinion, have an improved offense. That's not Staley's fault that they were that terrible at linebacker last year. So you got Mack now. You got J.C. Jackson locked up. You got Bosa. You got Darwin Jones in the second, or Darwin James, excuse me, in the secondary. You got Justin Harbert back for another year. He's going to play an MVP level. Still got Keenan Allen resigned Mike Williams. Got a running back in Austin Eckler. I think they're going to be a great team this year, and it's going to be close throughout the entire season. I, I agree with it being close throughout the entire season. I'm just going to stick with my gut and go with the best coach in the division and the best quarterback in the division. I okay. said this last week. I'll take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs 
they do have a tough schedule off the top, and you mentioned this, they can't afford to start off slow. But it's it's a team that I think, although you lose Tyreek Hill, you add more. You don't have a one receiver, but I think you have a couple receivers that can be twos, and I think that's good enough. And even though Travis Kelsey is getting over the hill, the offense is still good enough. You still have the best quarterback, and I, I especially I think they're in pretty much any game, especially if they're behind late. I think they can score quick enough to keep them in most games. Oh, well, hopefully Juju doesn't make too many TikToks this year. That could be a distraction. All right, let's go to the NFC now, as I call it, the NFC least. Um, You know what? It's tough because as much as the Eagles did over the offseason, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is their division to lose. They have the better quarterback, in my opinion, in Dak Prescott, even though I don't think Dak Prescott is that good of a quarterback outside? Uh, out, excuse me. He's not a good quarterback when it comes to teams over 500, in my opinion. If you look at his stats with teams that are below 500, he's very good. But teams above 500, he's very average. So I found that very interesting when I Googled this yesterday. So that was pretty fascinating. The Dallas Cowboys obviously lost a ton of depth on defense. They lost Randy Gregory, so that's a big loss right there. They lost Luell Collins on the offensive line. They lost Tyron Smith for a good amount of the season, so that those are two big losses on the offensive line. We don't know what Ezekiel Elliott's going to be this season because how much he has regressed and how his carries have reduced throughout the season, so I expect Tony Pollard to get more carries this season because he has shown he can be a, a good running back. Yes, you lost Amari Cooper. You don't have Michael Gallup for quite some time, but they still do have some good receivers. I'm not saying they don't. You still got CeeDee Lamb, okay? So he's not a bad receiver. He's pretty good. But the only question I have with the Eagles, because on paper, they are the better team. However, my biggest question is their quarterback. It is going to be up to Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. If Jalen Hurts can play, I, I wouldn't say like this much higher than last season, but a step higher than he did last season because he was a good quarterback. A step higher than last season, the Eagles are winning this division. It's up to Jalen Hurts, though. I, I hate this division. I really do just because, one, I don't think there's a single Super Bowl we don't contender care about Danny in this Dimes. division. And, yeah, um, at Washington either. I, who, who, cares? who cares about Carson Wentz? Yeah, one of, their, one of their best players and most watchable players, Chase Young, is, is going to miss the first couple of games. So you're watching that team for, what, Terry McLaurin maybe? Um, <laughs> regardless, the, the odds say that the Cowboys won't win this division because the NFC East has this weird thing where no one ever repeats. Right. The, no repeat division winners in 17 years. So although I don't like it, I'm going to play the odds here and take the Eagles. And I'm with okay. you. I don't. I think it's all on Jalen Hurts. I honestly... Yeah. Jalen Hurts is a good fantasy quarterback. I'm not necessarily sold on him being a, a real good quarterback because right. the Eagles have to win a certain way. They have to get ahead, play defense, and run the ball with both their running backs and Jalen Hurts. When they're behind, we saw it. They, fall, they fell behind 10-0, 14-0. Whatever it was against Tam in the playoffs, mm-hmm. game was over, ne- never had a chance. So this Eagles defense is really good when you look at the corners with Slay and James Bradbury. Mm-hmm. On the back end at safety, you had C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That was one heck of a trade that, that they That was really good. Off. They traded yeah. Jalen Rager. I like that one, too. Yeah, there's – 
there's playmakers at every level, especially the offensive line is still good, anchored by Jason Kelsey at center along with Lane Johnson at the tackles. Two good wide receivers in Brown with Devonta Smith on the outside. Dallas got I mean, I can keep naming off good playmakers on this team. It's just going to be whether or not they get good quarterback play and can they beat Dallas head-to-head because they got smoked by him both times last year. Mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if Philly makes a move for a running back in the next week before the season starts. Mm-hmm. There's Especially there's a couple out there. I wouldn't be shocked if they inquire with the Vikings about Alexander Madison or the Browns about Kareem Hunt because Hunt has won it out of Cleveland. So those would be two names I would not be shocked to look out for, um, especially because the Vikings and Eagles have able to get trades on. They just did yesterday. So um, it's an Eagles team that the defense is there. It's just whether they can play from behind and have comeback victories. But I'm, I'm going to play the odds and say that we don't have another repeat division winner in the NFC East for the 18th straight year. So is Miles Sanders not a RB1? I don't, I don't think he is, and I okay. believe he's, he, he always has the injury problem, and I believe he's dinged up again. So, I mean, okay. uh, you turn into Kenneth Gainwell and, uh, and Boston Scott. Yeah. There may be one other running back there I'm True. forgetting in that situation. So, yeah. um, And they, they just the, Nick Sirianni refuses to use Miles Sanders. I don't think he – I don't think Miles Sanders fits what Nick Sirianni wants to do, and so I, I think I could see him making a move for a more every down back in terms of a Kareem Hunt. Yeah, no um, – <clears throat> As much as I don't want to do this, I have to go with the Cowboys as well. But I know that, like you guys said, the Eagles can make make this interesting. They got A.J. Brown still, which you guys obviously mentioned earlier in the show. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, is going to have a really good season. I think he – I'm really high on him. I think a lot of people are high on him. <clears throat> also, like Dallas Goddard in the tight end spot as well. Um, but, yeah, it really just comes down to the running back situation for me. And I do think Ezekiel Elliott is probably top tier than anyone on the Eagles right now. Uh, although we do, we have seen Ezekiel kind of digressing throughout this, the years, I do think he'd still be the number one even if he was on the Eagles right now. But I would say if the Eagles do get out and they get a Kareem Hunt type guy, I do think that they can make a push to win the division. And I do see them potentially doing that, not necessarily getting Kareem Hunt, but definitely getting a running back because I do think that they're going to be, like Ben said, a little hurting in that running back situation. But I still, they still got AJ Brown. They still got a Jalen Hurts, and I mean Gainesville. Who knows? Maybe he'll surprise some people. Who knows? But I do think the Cowboys are just a little bit better this year, and it will be exciting. I think those two will go head to head. But like Ben said, it kind of just depends on what happens when they actually go head to head. But I do think they'll go one and two respectively at the end of the division. Okay, so we got little time left. So let's speed this up. Sorry. All right, the NFC North. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's the. Packers, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers. I think that's all that needs to be said. The dude makes receivers that aren't really that good, like Alan Lazard. I mean, so I'm sorry, but if Alan Lazard was on a team that has a below-average quarterback, the dude stinks, okay? But Aaron Rodgers, that's all you really need to say. They got a top-10 defense on this team. Great running game. It's the Packers division. Yep, uh, it's, it's their solution for sure. I think the Vikings will be the most competitive in this division in the Kirk Cousins era, but I, I, I'm i going to trust the better QB and Matt Lafleur, a, a proven coach over an unknown, yeah. uh, an unknown one in Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, I mean, the Packers, obviously. Um, but I'm really high on the Lions. I'm not saying that they're going to be, like, you know, that special this year. But they still got J-Mo. They got Aiden Hutchinson. But Jared Goff. Let me know uh, when Jared Goff's yeah, off the team. Then we can situation. have a discussion. I'm not, I'm not questioning Campbell's coaching. I'm questioning Jared Goff. They can tank for C.J. Stroud. We'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. NFC South. Well, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got, you got the GOAT on your team. You got top 10 receivers on that offense. I mean, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. You got Russell Gage. We'll see how long Julio Jones can stay healthy. We got, you got Rudolph in the tight end position. They got a good defense. I don't know about the pass, though. I'm still questioning about their defense against the pass, against the run, though. I'm sold. It's the Buccaneers, it's the Buccaneers winning that division. 
Absolutely, Buccaneers led by Tom Brady. But it's Saints could be very competitive. I think they're sneaky good. The defense is good like always, and they have a defensive head coach now who will emphasize on that, and I think Jameis has a good season. Watch for them to make this interesting, especially because the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks out of the gates have to play the Cowboys week one. Then they play the Saints, which the Saints always have, or at least in the regular season the last couple years, have had Brady's number. And then the Bucks have to go play the Chiefs and the Packers. So this could be interesting. The Bucks have a gauntlet out of the gate, and we'll see. I, I, I really think we could be sitting here. And I'm not picking the Saints to win the division, but if, if the Saints are a game back in December, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, no, it's the Buccaneers uh, division to win. I will say this that makes no sense with any of this talk, but I am excited to see what Baker Mayfield can do against the Browns in Week 1. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the Buccaneers are going to win this division. And just to make you a little bit more happier, there, Luke, I think Leonard Fournette's going to go off for them this year as well. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, I made a bad mistake. All right, and the last one, the NFC West. I don't think this is a. I don't think this is even up for debate. It's the Los Angeles Rams, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. This team retained a lot of its championships championship core you know they lost Robert Woods but you got Cooper Cup okay you got Cooper Cup you got Matthew Stafford you still got a good running game in that defense Oof, that defense is phenomenal every single year even though they lose pieces you know what they draft new pieces they get better so it's the Rams I think they're the better team in this division by far because the 49ers they can't stay healthy to save their souls so we're gonna go with the Rams yeah, the Rams are arguably the first or second best roster in the entire league. They added Bobby Wagner on that defense as a linebacker who's o- over the hill slightly, but will still be an anchor there for the next couple of years. So you'll get all three levels. Great pass rush with Aaron Donald, great linebacker with Bobby Wagner, great cover corner with Jalen Ramsey. It's a team that, that should easily win that division, although the Rams also have a very tough schedule out of the gate. So the 49ers could make this interesting but the Rams should be vying to once again come out of the NFC, and they should win this NFC West. Right, before you go, Trey Lance, that we, we if we got time to get to that question, which we didn't, obviously, I am very conflicted with him. He played one game in college. We have no clue what this dude's going to be, which is why they resigned Jimmy G as an insurance policy. It's the only reason they resigned him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little unfortunate for Trey Lancer because I know that he still knows it's his team, but you also got Jimmy G kind of just creeping down your neck the whole season as well. Like, hey, man, if you mess up, I'm here to take over again. So uh, don't do that. Obviously, it's the Rams' division to lose. Cooper Cup. Um, Van Jefferson. Yeah, Van Jefferson. <laughs> they did lose Von Miller, though, but, I mean, I don't think that was that big of a loss for them. Retaining Cooper Cup. They did get – I could be wrong here, but did they get Tavon Austin or was that the Bills? Some team got Tavon Austin. Bills, yeah. The Bills. Yeah, okay, Bills. my bad. Anyways, Tavon Austin, one of my favorite St. Louis Rams players, so I thought he went back and reunited with them. Anyways, I do want to talk about the number two team, though. I do think it's going to be a fight between the 49ers and Cardinals. Unfortunately, Drew Locke and Geno Smith, love you guys, but uh, you're finishing last in this division. But I do think it's going to be a dogfight for second place. Rams should win the division, no doubt. But I do think that the 49ers are going to ease the Cardinals. I do. I'm really high on Trey Lance this year as well. Uh, I think he's going to have a good season. Kyler Murray, I'm still really high on him. Isn't D-Hop though suspended like six games? Six that, games. That's yeah. going to hurt them. Use, that's yeah. going to hurt them for a little bit. But yeah, the Rams division to lose, there's no chance they don't lose this division. All right, well, we got a minute, and I just want to say this. I am shocked that Geno Smith got the spot over Drew Locke. Okay, but did you see Drew Locke's passes in the preseason? I I understand that. I get it. This team was going to stink regardless who was starting, but Geno Smith, really? Yeah, I'm a little upset about it. it. Give Drew Locke the reins. I mean, stink. 
just think, get a high draft pick and call the day, okay? That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing, and I'm sure there's a little bias, us being Mizzou fans and liking Locke, I'm not even being biased. I'm just G- being honest. I think I, if you're looking right now, I think Geno's the better quarterback. But the reason you start Drew Locke is because – he hasn't played a full season. It's a very, very long shot, but there's a small chance there's some potential there that you could find this season. Then you're like, okay, we have a, a young quarterback, a potential gunslinger. But if he stinks, then Drew Locke is going to be a better tank commander to getting you Bryce Young or CJ Stroud than Geno Smith was. Geno Smith will win you some games that you don't want to win, but Drew Locke, if he stinks, will throw four picks a game and he'll <laughs> he'll he'll drive you to two wins and you'll I get your ghosts. quarterback in the future. So it, I just think for both the winning and the losing, it makes sense to start Drew Locke in this situation. Yeah, but I'm also really high on the um, situation that Geno Smith, like he's. He's not really that guy. I think Drew Drew Locke is more mobile. He'll have a better he can have a better season. And I will say Drew Locke eventually will take care of this team. It will be his team. And I, I don't know. Like you said, I'm not really high on the preseason as well because it's the preseason. All right, that's our time today. Thanks for tuning in around the waves, KCU 88.1 FM, and we will see you next week. We're Whitewater Ramble. You're listening to 881 K.